Hey, bumper away. Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour podcast, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Listen up. Woo! That was awesome. Thank you. Cool, man. Cool, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Ace Chapman, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer, and welcome to the show. How's it going? I am great. I'm excited about the conversation today. Yeah, I think this is going to be a blast. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get a little bit more uh, in-depth and in the head and the stories, the Vroom Veer stories from Ace Chapman, a little bit different than most of the podcasts and talking you do about your business. So yeah. most people who know you already know what you got going on, but we'll just hit some of the points. Uh, at some point, you got into buying and selling businesses, but you buy them, make them a little bit better, and then sell them. And then you're also teaching people how to do that. So if people want to find out more about that, they can go to PortfolioSharks.com. Did I yeah. get all that right? That is correct. That's what we do. So I've been for the last 17 years uh, buying and growing and selling small businesses. I love it. It's, it's a good idea because the hard part is starting them, right? <laughs> it really is. It really I is. mean, it's, it's a, I, uh, you know, admire and am impressed by entrepreneurs, but you know, every time I'm tempted to to start something from scratch, I'm like, ah, but it's just so much easier for me to go and buy something that's already making money. Right. Yeah. And if there's a market and, and people are happy to do that, why not? You know, yeah. a lot of people get into business solely to get out, which is odd to me. You know, it I, is. It's really <laughs> interesting. And then you have the opposite where people get into business and never think about what the exit is going to be. And so right, right now, right, right. you know, we've got a ton of baby boomers that are, are in businesses and they are ready to retire. And it's like, OK, what do I do? I don't want to close it down. I don't want to let my employees go. Right. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, there are plenty of people we're working on a deal right now where it's a young guy uh, in his, his mid 20s. And he built one business to a million dollar business. And he's now built a second business that's a $10 million business. Wow. And we want to, you know, he's like not paying attention at all to the $1 million business because he has this other big opportunity that he's growing really quickly. Yeah. And we can't even get his attention long enough to like get a deal done you know, on, with on this business one, business. right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, this is going to die. It's going to go to zero. He's like, ah, you know. Whatever. It happens. We're going to hand you a million dollar check and, you know, you don't want to talk to us about it. Like, it's it's amazing, man. So it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, before, before we get too deep into that, let's go back in time. Because yeah. every superhero has an origin story. So today, Ace Chapman is a superhero. Super Ace Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, and, and I, need to, I need you to tell my girlfriend that. They, that will make things yeah, my life look right. Just understand you're dating a superhero. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so back in high school, right, what was Ace Chapman like? Were you a nerd? Were you a, a jock? Or did you defy all stereotypes? I um, was definitely on the side. Well, it, it changed a bit. So when I was younger, I was kind of just a bad kid. I was that kid that was the, the bad kid. I, I fought a lot in school. Um, and, you know, I, I was uh, pretty introspective for, you know, an eight, nine-year-old. Like, hmm. you know, I would, all, I would ask my, my teachers, like, it seems like what should we should really be learning is like why we're here, like why did God put us here, like what's our purpose? Like me memorizing this stuff just doesn't make sense to me, you know. And so wow, you said uh, these things to teachers, right? Yeah, were yeah. Were you in public school or private school? 
And that was when I was in public school. Right. So and, I know what that uh, sort of reaction probably oh, yeah. gendered sort of like ire or anger. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I remember one time we had this particular test where we were supposed to memorize the names of the bones. And, oh, yeah. you know, my whole thing was like, okay, so this, this doesn't mean anything. Like, this is just the name that some human came up with to, like, call the bones. Like, we, you know, I was just really into, like, why are we here? Like, where did we come from? Like, wow. I want to know, like, and you were really you know, young. This is like even created. Like, yeah. who cares for calling the bone? And so, like, out of protest, I just didn't answer any of them and didn't do the test at all. Because it was stupid. Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. because it was dumb. And I got in trouble with my parents for that one. And, you know, it just, it, but it was, it was, uh, I was rebellious, but I was introspective at the same time. That's interesting. You know, I learned the bones when I was, uh, Geez, I was a grown-up. I was already past 38 years old, and I was going to massage school. And part of doing massage school is they teach you the names of the bones. Uh-huh. And I agree with you. It was thoroughly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Even at that point, it didn't Yeah, That's good right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I had been in the military for 20 years by that point. So the whole idea of just do the stupid thing, it's quicker than arguing about it, had been thoroughly integrated into my consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's really what school is. I mean, right. it's training you to stop questioning yes. and do it. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Right. So that was a big part of who I was. But at the same time, I had something that, you know, it just had to have been God-given that I was interested in selling and business, you know, even from a, a young age. And so you know, even starting at five all the way through high school, I was always, um, uh, you know, selling things. It started with my pictures when I was five years old. You know, we I got $20 to pay for my pictures, which for a five-year-old is a ton of money. Wow. And, um, you know, it's like, man, I could just buy infinite candy with this. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when I got the pictures back, I was like, okay, these things are valuable because I traded $20 for these pictures and we were at uh, church and my mom was handing them to people I'm like okay so how much are we charging for the pictures because we got to at least get our $20 back and she's like nobody's going to pay for your pictures we're, I'm giving them away for free and uh, I pitched a fit and cried until she handed <laughs> my pictures and, and so my first little business was selling my pictures for 50 cents and a dollar for the big ones wow that was something that was just a part of me you know was selling candy was I got older and then yeah. uh, actually sold some gold chains in high school. And, uh, <laughs> Did you have one the, of those like uh, uh, candy sales stores out of your locker in high school? Yeah, yeah. So you I did. had the uh, thing, and then I moved to gold chains, and then I moved <laughs> to pagers. Pagers. <laughs> pagers. Wow, pagers. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Good for you. That was fun times. When I hear about these these childhood stories of entrepreneurship, that's when I realize that it really is almost like genetic or you're born with this sort of like quirk that makes you. Yeah, because, you know, I've gone through this whole do I want to do this thing? And every time mm -hmm. I took one of those online, am I, am I the right sort of personality for an entrepreneur? It always came back saying no. Right. Yeah. And I would yeah. always just go, but I can change <laughs> as it turns honestly, out, you know, you can change, but the, what, what I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to is the answer that, you know, Oh, if that's what it is, then I don't really want to do it. Was the answer. I came yeah. 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 Right. And there are two parts to it. Like, I know that there was something weird in me because even looking back now, it's like, like, why? Like, man, I must have looked so ridiculous. Like, I made money. I had, like, kids in other schools, like, selling the chains and the pages. But, like, there was no concern about being cool. Like, I did not care about, like, yeah, well, that's huge. What are people going to think or anything? Because I'm looking back like, man, I mean, I wouldn't do that today. Like, what was I thinking back then? Uh, the, the idea was, am I gonna, can I be successful? Is this going to work? Where's the demand? I want to meet the demand and, and, and all of that. Wow. So, um, but the other side and, and why, you know, on kind of on the, the business side, why I love what, what I do is that there are a lot of people that aren't 
um, entrepreneurs who still make amazing business owners. And I've had the, the pleasure of working with a lot of those folks that don't want to go through that you know, entrepreneurial lottery or the entrepreneurial gauntlet of trying to start something because right. they're not built for that, but they can definitely learn from a business owner who's built a successful business. They know what the systems are that take to run that business. And, you know, we've had people that are, have no entrepreneur, you know, we do some testing with each of our clients that have no entrepreneurial uh, bone in their body. And, you know, one, one that comes to mind right now, we bought, she bought a deal at 250. It was already successful making money. Yeah. And just methodically has grown that to a, a $1.3 million business. Well, that's pretty um, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, but like, it would have been really tough for her to start something from scratch. To get from zero the to the beginning is yeah. the hard part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Once you yeah. have that momentum and you're already cash flow positive, life is way easier. Yeah, and you can kind of be like almost like an employee, you right, know. Right. Uh, sometimes it like in that case, like in that specific business, the people that built that were entrepreneurs, and they had a million different ideas. They were, you know, really, really bright right. to the point where she was like, "I don't think I can do this." Like literally, she was coming to me like, "Why did you even send me this business? I can't do this." But what it needed was like less new ideas and just. Focus on a couple of things that are going to grow and explode the business. So entrepreneurs aren't as good at, at operators. So the reason that I don't just get one business and grow it um, is that that's not my skill set. Like my clients a lot of times are better business owners than I am. I'm really great at the deal making aspect the you know, putting together the deal, raising the capital, getting things going in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it took me a while, you know, kind of continuing my story. It took me a while to realize, you know, I, I would hold on to a business for too long. And, you know, right. I got like a six month period before my ADD kicks in <laughs> and it's time for me to get rid of that. Thing, right, right, right. That's, that's almost like, um, Another trait of those serial entrepreneurs, they get bored really quick yeah. and they're just, yeah. they're just attacked by these <gasps> opportunity and there's another thing to do. And they're thoroughly bored with the thing that they already had started and they don't really want to be around anymore. So they're more like the thing that the, what is it? The spark, right? That, that is, that's needed to get it going. And then they have to stay there long enough for it to be self-sustaining and then they should just unplug if that's yes. really kind of like who they are right yeah i have people all the time they're like man like 40 businesses and you know you're 36 you've, you've owned 40 businesses like that's just outrageous like how do you do that and and my first thought is how do you just own one like for, for <laughs> that'd be so boring like, that like a nightmare right right <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I know that you did go to college, right? Yes. Yeah. But you didn't and stay very long. No, no. I was there for two years. I, I, actually, a funny story is uh, I was there. I was actually elected president for three years, but I was only there for two. So my third year, I ended up leaving after, uh, you know, before the school year started. But I've been elected president the year before. So... Uh, <laughs> Spent, I left after my, my sophomore year, and that was one of those things, outside of kind of the business side of that story, it was a really tough decision, you know, even, you know, for the kid who was like anti-school, anti-establishment <laughs> from elementary school, right, right. it had been ingrained into my head that college equaled success. Right. Oh, for sure. And a degree equaled, you know, safety and security. And as soon as you walked away from it, like all of that security was gone. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah it was it was a really, really tough thing to separate that uh, in my head that that, you know, even after I made the decision, it was just a really tough thing to get rid of that uh, group think side of, of my brain where, you know, I, I wasn't scared and, and nervous about that. I would imagine like people in your peer group and your parents and your family and your friends, they're like all giving you the, what the hell are you doing hands? Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it is really, really hard to stand up to that sort of peer pressure. Yeah. I had a, uh, 
full ride to you know top twenty university in the in the country, and you know walking wow. away from that. Wow. Was, yeah, and you were only that, nineteen, right? Oh no, wait a minute, no. You started your first business when you were nineteen, so. That was that was then. So so that was uh, about. So you you bought the business while you were in school. I bought it in college. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you don't forget those. You know, I've done no. a ton of ton of deals, but like every time I think about that deal in particular, you know, I can feel the emotions. I can I can like see the dorm room and me sitting there and like in this you know old school computer and you know right. uh, just uh, yeah that was uh, uh, a very big thing and a very big deal and, and negotiating that very first one and remembering you know, the first time I started to make money from it and and, and all of that so yeah that, so that what was, what is was, like your biggest most vivid memory of thinking you were literally gonna die or feeling like you were going to die. Because I bet was, you you had a few of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there were just so many, honestly, during that period. Um, so to get the deal done, I'd taken out, because I was just a, I was a broke college kid. So sure. some of the money actually came from credit cards. I got these credit card advances. Wow. And yeah. I had wow. to call the, you know, I had to make sure that the credit cards were being delivered to my dorm and not my home address and my parents would see it. So like, <laughs> you know, that was one of the things that I was you were freaking out about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like always checking. Yeah, your dad would like, literally oh, kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just you get that knock on your dorm room and you, you know, when somebody's flown from Tennessee to New York to come to your college, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah. So that was like, you better that was duck. one of my greatest, greatest fears. <laughs> Uh, so I avoided that and, and everything turned out okay. But yeah, there were, you know, just that everything would be fake. I mean, this was before, you know, I'm dealing with these, this is like, you know, the internet is new. It was new at that point. Right. So the idea of people were scared about putting their credit cards in on online at this point. Right. You know, a like, lot of oh, people still are, have, but yeah, yeah. A lot of people still are, but that yeah. was just the Everybody was, life. yeah everybody was like, oh my goodness, who would ever put their credit card into this thing? Right. And so here I am buying a business from a couple guys who I still to this day have never met. Uh, really? You, know, you never this, met the guys yeah. that own the business? You never, just bought it from them? Never met them in person. Wow. Um, you know, talked to them, went back and forth, negotiated this deal, bought the business, you know, spit my little $3,000 plus, you know, debt and, and all this. Um, and so, yeah, the biggest, the most scary thing at that point was what if it, it fails? Um, and it's really neat now, man. Like uh, we've got in, in that portfolio charts program, we, we had a kid who came through and I was really excited because he was 19 yeah. And, so you're and, like, hey, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we get us, you know, and I'm just way more conservative and, and risk averse. I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to start with this little thing and we'll get you into this and, you know, just take it slow. Way smarter than, than I was at, at that age. It's already done some entrepreneurial things, but we got him into his first deal. And I'm like, man, this is going to be, you know, I'm talking to him. We're on a group call with the folks that are involved with that deal. I'm like, dude, we got to get a testimonial call um with you and you know it's gonna that's just gonna be such a big deal that a, a 19 year old kid is closing his, his first deal yeah and he, he's kind of hesitant i'm like uh you know maybe he's just shy and and that kind of thing i'm like dude like this, this is gonna be great you know uh trying to encourage him he's like yeah my i, I really got to be honest with you about something and i was like uh what is it like <laughs> and he's like so I'm not really 19. I'm 18. I felt like if I told you I was 18, you wouldn't have let me into the program. <laughs> and it, it's really funny because, like, one, I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, that's even better. Like, an wow. 18 year old gets his first deal. But on the other side is like, how really when I stepped back after that call and thought about it, it's like, yeah, like I may not have let him, I would have been way more cautious right. and may not have let him into the deal if he was uh, 18. I made him, he's like leading one of my businesses. 
You wow. know what I mean? Yeah, like right. running one of my businesses. And I would have been way more hesitant if I wouldn't. And, and like, you know, it's just months. And it's just all these like interest, like still the same smart kid, still yeah. just as impressive. Right. But like in our heads, we just have these mental blocks and these biases. For uh, sure. But I'm definitely leveraging that bias with this testimonial. <laughs> I'm in like 18 year old guy's business. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work out? <laughs> So yeah, I mean, we we just got the deal done. He's he's gonna be running the deal. It's, yeah, we got we got it done. Like it's it's. Uh, so it's, the story's not over yet. So, but the deal got no. done, right? The deal got done, and and so yeah, for right now, it's just eighteen year old buys business. Gotcha. But throw it and 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 eventually sell it, and it'll be, I guess, at that point, maybe nineteen year old sales business. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll be twenty. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so. Let's just just walk through some of the emotions you went through with that that first buy slash spruce up and sell and and talk right. a little bit about the timeline. So we already know you freaked out about raising the capital, right? Uh, and you cobble it together with credit cards and spit and I don't know what you yeah. don't get into all of what you did yeah. to get that money. <laughs> yeah, but you were highly that. leveraged, right? You said you you actually got. Three thousand dollars cash, and you were able to leverage about sixty thousand total. So the whole business was seventy thousand. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Wow, that has got to be stomach churning. Just yeah. knowing that you're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you were kind of a little too naive slash stupid at the moment to know just how risky it was. Just how big a deal that was, right? Is that, that true? I mean, do you know that now or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you got a little bit lucky. Definitely. Definitely. You know, it, nothing it, wrong with know, that. Even if it's just the fact that I was in the right place at the right time, um, you know, finding the deal was not anything systematic at that point. I reached out to them to be an intern. I love what they were doing. I love what the business was. I just wanted to intern for the business. Okay. Um, so, you know, there are definitely different points at where we were lucky. Uh, and they were in a situation similar to the guy that we're getting a deal from right now. You know, they had built something else that was bigger, better. Oh, wow. And uh, had a lot of low-hanging fruit in this deal, which allowed me to, to get it. You know, I had 10,000 members. When we got it, grew it to... About uh, two hundred thousand, and um, a lot of that was right time, right place, right situation. And and how did the exit go in that very first Terrible. deal? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible, but you survived. Okay, yeah. so so yeah. What happened? It was like a. Uh, it was this is the cool Wall Street, right? And it was uh, an early. What was it like? Nineteen ninety nine ish, ninety eight ish. Website for stock stock market simulations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stock market simulator. Um, and you know, I, I had left. Co- I had basically investors that had come, and that was when that crossroad came where they were like, hey, we love the business, we love you, we want to invest, but we're not going to do it if you're a full-time student. And oh, wow. okay. uh, I had to make that decision then. And so after that was running the business, you know, experienced having employees and, and growing the business like crazy. Like I mentioned, I mean, you know, almost 20-fold, we, we grew this thing. It was an awesome, awesome uh, time. And we had offers that were, you know, multiple seven-figure offers. I'm thinking, man, I'm done. I'm 20 years old, you know. I'm going to sell and be on easy street the rest of my life. Exactly. This is it. (laughs) This is it. Okay. And so, you know, we're growing. Things are going well for a couple years. And then 2001 hit with the first uh, internet bust or, you know, and and It was the dot-com bust. Exactly. Yes. Um, so the bottom falls and, out of the whole dot com thing and nobody wants to invest in it anymore. Yeah. Just it was it was one of those things where the money just went away and people were like, well, it seems like the business would still work, but you know, advertise people that advertised with us didn't have money to advertise anymore. You know, they didn't have money for an acquisition, just all the money just disappeared. 
Mm. And, um, and that so we, wasn't just for you. It was for everybody. Yeah. Right. It literally was just the whole, I mean, there were just so many failures at that point. We were happy to get a, a exit that was, you know, very low six figures, basically, you know, paid off some stuff. I was able to walk away without anything necessarily bad. But, um, you know, the one good thing was that experience. Right. Uh, That's and, what you got out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was like the, uh, an MBA. Sure. In, uh, uh, in about two the, years, right? Yeah. Over the course of a couple of years. Wow. Wow. So valuable. Oh, yeah. So then where is your head at that point? You just walk away. You uh, maybe you had a little bit of money from that or just break even. Yeah. So I had a little bit of money, which I guess okay. is better than, better than an MBA because I, I got right. it for free. Right. I made like salary and all that stuff for a couple of years right. and had some cash. So no, nobody, MBA programs are more they, expensive. Yeah. You usually owe money at the end. end. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so you had an inverse with, MBA. You got all the mm-hmm. learning, all the practical stuff, and a little bit of cash on the side. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you're better off. So, yeah. But at that point, the way I see it's like, man, I'm a failure. Yeah. You know, this thing failed. And, and I left college. And right. so it was hard to see the bigger picture. Uh, but I, it was just, it was a really great experience experience because of the fact that like I was still set jobs were hard to come by and you know I can see see a lot of things in in retrospect but you know for me I was sad and depressed I mean you, you go from like thinking you're completely done uh about to be a multimillionaire to uh you know like man okay am I able to get a job and the really neat thing was because I had an experience that was totally different. I mean, a lot of my buddies were getting out of college at that point with degrees. Right. And it was interesting for me, like as soon as, you know, in my town, I kind of become known because I had done this thing um, and run this business and been in the newspaper and all that. And so as soon as I like, um, he just got started mentioning to people that I was going to get a job. Like I had multiple offers. So, uh, one of the neat things is that I've actually, you know, never put together a resume. Um, <laughs> so I had like multiple offers and ended up, uh, doing some, uh, working, wor- working with this bank, oh, which wow. was, okay. um, <laughs> an awesome, uh, experience because it definitely confirmed that I was not built for corporate America. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when the little uh, elementary school kids started coming out and and rebelling again, uh, which led to me, uh, I made great money there, loved it. I think I was there maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, and it was all because of of my my own doing. But I I went to the uh, head of the department, and, you know, it's like, man, I, I've grown this thing. I'm, I'm making great money. I'm like, I want to get an assistant. And, you know, I just left the thing where I had employees. I knew the power of leverage. And, you know, I didn't even call it leverage, but I just knew I'm going to be able to make even more money if I get somebody to take care of this, like, filing. And, you know, in, in that world, it's just a ton of paperwork for every little thing. And I just right. want to go out and do more deals. So I go to the department head and I'm like, hey, I need to... Um, you know, I want, I want to bring on an assistant. He's like, uh, well, we can't, we can't really do that. I was like, why not? And he was like, you know, um, you know, it's not in the budget. And I was like, well, I'm going to pay for it. That's fine. You don't, you don't have to pay anything. I'll pay for everything. And he's like, yeah, we still can't do it. And I'm like, well, why not? Uh, and, and he's like, yeah, you know, there's like seniority and, you know, some of the other people that have been here longer, if they see you as an assistant, they're going to be jealous and, you know, just got to keep things, you know, kosher and, and there's a process. So after you've been here for five years, you can have an assistant. I'm like, what? Like, I got to wait five years before I can pay my own person to come and work for me? So uh, wow. you know, the, the entrepreneur in me is like, there has to be a better way. So... Um, <laughs> wow. I ended up 
coming up with with a plan. I uh, I rented an office, which you know I don't recommend that anybody do this. This is not not a good uh, idea. A good thing. Right. Not a good idea. This is a 21 year old kid coming. And this up was with, back in two thousand one ish, right? Two thousand two ish. Yeah. Okay. So I go, I go, and I rent an office that's two blocks away from the bank, and <laughs> I get everything set up, and I bring in some people. I start interviewing, and I hire my first assistant. And sure enough, like my uh, uh, productivity, like just skyrockets. I remember like walking in and like all the other people would just have files and stuff all over their desk. And like my desk would have nothing on it. And like, I'm like, (laughs) so you're taking all of your work that you're supposed to be being paid for by the bank and you're walking across the street and you're giving it to people that you hired. And then they get the work done. They get and all then your I work spend done. more time selling. Like I'm just like hustling and selling, and, and right. so so you had, uh, you had gotten it figured out that there is no no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The thing is no. It's like just this path. It's like okay, so my assistant can't sit here. <laughs> so you don't want the other people to know that I have an assistant. I can work with. That. I can work with that. Okay, no problem. That's great. So, uh, <laughs> You're yeah. outsourcing in a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I even knew what outsourcing was. Like, right. So uh, then it, it got to the point, like, we it grew beyond what she was able to get done. I brought on a second guy who actually I went to high school with and, um, uh, you know, was able to give him a job when he graduated from college. So now I've got two assistants and we're just killing it. And, uh, you know, I walk in one day and my boss calls me and he's like, so who are Marie and Brad? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) the gig is up. You know that. You know about those, huh? Yeah. Yeah. The gig is up. So uh, they found out about it and it's like, well, we could do an investigation and find out what's going on and then come up with what we want to do. Or you could just resign. And I was like, yeah, probably just going to resign. <laughs> but <laughs> what was awesome was that I was, I, you know, obviously, again, was like, dang, you know, this sucks, that kind of thing. And kind of thought back to Cool Wall Street. And a lot of where we were making our money with the bank was the mortgages. And that was a lot of the work that my folks were doing. So I went out and bought a mortgage company. And we just kept it rolling. <laughs> so you kept the two assistants. Yep. And what what sort of business was that? I mean, just just out of curiosity, was it just a sole proprietorship, an LLC, an S corp? The, um, the, the the people that yeah, you how you hired the uh, your folks there. Oh yeah, at the beginning it was a sole proprietorship. I was just paying. Right. You're just paying them cash, basically. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Then, we bought the mortgage company and it became an official LLC. Okay. Uh, and so everything, you know, we, we just, they, we had a couple employees that were already at the mortgage company. I got that on like this amazing deal. Uh, Cause the owner just didn't want it anymore. Right. And uh, real estate was just starting to heat up. Okay. So this was almost like, so that was when the, the housing bubble was still churning. Yeah, that was so, right at the beginning. And you were getting into the mortgage business. So was it like a mortgage broker kind of situation? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I can I can already see that uh, you're going to have another bust in about f- uh, five years. <laughs> five, four, four, five years. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. This is always nice to talk about uh, past events because it's like, you don't have to say. <laughs> I already mm-hmm. know kind of part, w- w- there's five years in the future, another thing happened. So, yeah. Yeah. So how did it go for those five years though? You must have kicked ass because it was all uh, frothy and everybody was crazy about doing loans. It was just churn, 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 right? So yeah, we, we had that. We had uh, another business called... Uh, we took over called home vesters, which bought houses. So over the course of the couple of years that we owned that we did, you know, bought and sold, um, uh, 115 houses. And, um, I, I was really fortunate. So was in that whole space for really about four years. Okay. I was really fortunate 
that I, I bought that business because I was starting to get bored with the mortgage thing. And then we kind of tied them together. And so we were able to do the deals and the mortgages. And so that was like an, an awesome time. But the funny thing is that, just like you said, real estate's starting to get hot. And I'm excited about real estate. And, you know, just I, I think one of the, the things for, for this call is like, doing whatever you can to really break out of, of group think. Um, Amen. Amen. Because right. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about real estate because everybody's talking about it. Everybody's doing it. And then yeah. I get into it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to build this big portfolio of uh, real estate properties. And so I had, you know, over 30 rentals by the end of it and all the stuff. And I'm like in it and, you know, I'm looking at the actual numbers and meeting with my accountant and, you know, we're barely building any equity in this stuff. And so I'm like, man, so the whole plan with this is like, I got to wait 15, 20, 30 years. And you're not getting any money. Right. Yeah. It's great because it's going to pay itself off. But the, the reason that that was so frustrating for me was because I was used to buying businesses where the multiple was two. And so instead of a 15, 20, 30 year payoff time period, like literally it was two years. Oh, nice. right. So, you know, when you're looking at a business, like it, it you don't go above three. And, and, you know, I've done deals at one, one and a half. Mm-hmm. And so I was patient and I'm waiting. And I'm like, man, this is just, this is ridiculous. Like, I just don't understand why people are so excited about this when there's this other asset out there where you can just buy something and you know even if it is more work at least you're not waiting 30 years which is basically your life you know (laughs) so uh, that was what prompted me to sell those businesses and and get out of them Uh, the payoff is too slow for me yeah this is and even if you want just a bunch of what is it uh, rentals that pay off still in order to get that payoff, you still have to pay off a mortgage. So exactly right, exactly. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and I it's sold, a lot of work too. Yeah. Oh, it's just headaches for thirty. Oh, like we had so many things. We had one that had a big fire that a tenant called. I mean, it was like people were like, oh, it's passive. Like, no, no I'll it's take not. Well, it's passive the- as long as you've got a property manager, but still, you've still got the headaches. No, yeah. I Even if you're not doing the work, you still yeah. have the headaches. You're still getting you the email or the phone call or whatever, you know, and it's 24-7. Back and forth and yeah. insurance companies and adjuster and just, you know, you, you end up getting dragged in one way or another. Right. So it's better to have, like, concentrated effort and get something done and, and paid off in a couple of years and so. So I... I um, it took me a while. So even at that point, I still didn't see myself as a, a business buyer. I knew that like compared to real estate, this was, um, um, you know, really great. And so, but it, it was really interesting. I sold those businesses. And during that time, I met a guy who became my mentor. And he was the guy that changed my whole view because I sold those businesses and I knew, I still felt like I was an entrepreneur. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start something. I had this idea for a startup, um, which must have not been that great because I can't remember what it was. <laughs> and so I, I go to my mentor and he was a guy who flipped hospitals. Flipped and, hospitals. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. People flip and, hospitals. Exactly. Like, you, you might as well tell me, like, yeah, this guy flips governments. Like, it was just like so... <laughs> People do flip governments blowing. too. That's been going on very many years. You just never hear about it. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. Like, let's, let's go for this. Really? Culture. So, um, it was uh, you know met him. He was willing to spend time with me because I, he realized like, dude, this guy's just been bumping his way through the dark, figuring this stuff out. Um, and but he was a guy who was tough as well. Like I, I came and met with him my first time, and it was it lasted about three minutes. He was like. I came in ready to chat or whatever. He's like, so where are your financials? And I was like, uh, I, I didn't bring them. He's like, you don't have, what about your personal financial statement? He was, I was like, I don't have that either. He was like, so you just came to chit chat? And I was like, 
I guess, I guess so. <laughs> it's like, I don't, have, I, I don't have time to chit chat. Like, come to me when you got some stuff. We're going to review. We're going to like really go through it. And so wow, uh, that's what meetings with him were like. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I remember I sold those businesses and I went and I taught, I, I spent some time with him and, and, you know, I'm talking about this idea for this business. And I can just tell he is not impressed because he doesn't try to hide it. You know, like some people will like smile, like when you smile at them, at least, and you're like, like, he's the type that you could be smiling and like, you know, try to get it. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to react. I'm not this. going to crack. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't yeah. earned a smile yet. <laughs> you, yeah. I'll smile when you earn it. Right. That is all. Like I'm not giving you any pity smiles. I think, you know, that's what America. Lovely. Uh, deeper level. But so, you know, I, I get done with my pitch and I'm like, man, obviously he doesn't get what I'm saying. So let me reiterate it. You know, I go up, like get more passionate. So I get to the end and finally just kind of give up and sit down. And, you know, I ask him like what his thoughts are. And he's like, you know what? Tell me about that computer right there. And I'm like, are you serious, man? Like you're just not going to acknowledge, you know, my passionate pitch at all. And, um, he basically, you know, just asked me about my computer, asked me where I got it. I told him, Dale. And he's like, well, why did you decide to buy it instead of build it? It's like, I don't know how to build a computer and I don't have the parts to build a computer. And he's like, you could go online and buy the parts, learn how to build it. And you know, I'm like, that's not, I, I don't want to learn how to build computers. It's like, exactly. You got it because you want to be able to send emails. You want to be able to work on, you know, Word docs. Like, you just want to be able to use the computer. That's you don't want to build the car. You just want to drive the car. Exactly. You don't <laughs> so want to build a house. You want to use the house. Right. It's like, basically, you told me, you know, early on, we talked about my goals as far as income and, and all of that. It's like, your goal is, is this income. And instead of just going out and buying that income, you're trying to build a car. And that was one of the big shifts in philosophies for me. Like with everywhere else in, in our, our lives, when we want something, we go buy it. You know, when we want food, we don't think, oh, let me till my backyard. Let me go get some seeds. <laughs> Maybe next year I'll have some weed. I can like turn that into Let me drill bread. a well. Let me get a water yeah. catcher. Nowhere else, literally nowhere else in our life do we think if I want something, I got to build it from, from scratch. scratch. Yeah. Only when it comes to business does that even exist as a thing, as, as the, you know, the most popular thing. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a powerful shift in the way, you know, again, kind of back to that theme of, of, of groupthink, how... We can do things that make no sense, and especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, at least if you build a house from scratch. Like most people don't want to deal with the headaches of building a house from scratch. Cause Some it, people it, do because it's going to go yeah. wrong. Right. Exactly. 99% of people just don't want to deal with those headaches because, right. you know, right. they realize something's going to go wrong. Right. And, and even the people that do are like, oh, man. Why did I do this? <laughs> that do actually do it like, oh my goodness, never again. That was a nightmare. Right. So it, you know, for us in a, and, and that's when you have like, all you have is a plan. Like if you literally just follow the plan, that's really easy with, with, uh, with business, like you could follow the plan exactly and still fail. We know everybody's failing, you know, every, you know, we got the statistics, you know, it'd be like if builders, you know, people that build from scratch, like 80% of the time, the house doesn't like, get built to the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, like even worse. Because, you it, know, like, it gets kind of built, but then it self-destructs. Yeah. 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 Self-destructs all of a sudden. Like <laughs> nobody would Whoops. build. Yeah, nobody would do it anymore. <laughs> right. right. But literally we have the statistics where we're like, okay, this thing that you buy, you've got probably about an 80% chance that it is literally just going to self-destruct and be nothing. Right. And people are still doing that. So it's it's uh, it, it's one of those things where it's just it, it's it's group thing. It's it, it's really interesting to see. I, I want to back up just a smidge because you were you were in the you were in the mortgage slash real estate business right before the bust. Yeah. Now, did you exit before or after? 
I did. I, I was really fortunate. Like I said, like I had that realization. It wasn't me seeing anything was was in happening. Market, right. You know, okay. I was able to sell at a, I remember like with what with uh, the home investor business, I remember I was uh um talking to a guy who was gonna buy it. I just got I was so fortunate. I'm like, this is the sales price, I'm not budging. And he called me. And uh, we were celebrating a friend of mine's birthday, and he's like, "Okay, like you know, I want to do this, and you know, I just I, I can't pay, you know, I can't pay just exact asking price. Like, just take off a few thousand." And I just remember being like, "Nope, it is exact asking, or you don't get the business." <laughs> wow, just being a butt, just being a butt. Wow. And Man, just so fortunate that that he uh, that I ended up getting that that deal done. And he he's he was a multimillionaire. He was in much better uh, position to be able to weather that storm. It would have you know it would have killed you, crushed you. Yeah, yeah, right. So you exit and you survived, but not only survived but thrived. So I figured that was the case. I just wanted to hear you say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So now you have this big revelation that it's way easier to buy a business that's already up and spinning and, and make, uh, making money. Right. So Mm -hmm. is this, is this at the point when you start thinking, Oh, maybe I can do this as a thing? Yeah. Okay. So after that with my, uh, mentor, you know, yeah, he he definitely changed my life because I didn't see this as a as a thing, uh, just because nobody talks about it. You know, nobody talks about right buying, buying and selling businesses. Like right? nobody talks about flipping hospitals. So it's just like being really open to not having a path that somebody has told you this is the path for that. I think we're we're trained to look for like, okay, this is the path to be a nurse, et cetera. Right, right. Uh, so that was the first shift into me realizing I can go out, find businesses, and uh, grow them and and sell them, and not because I I think before I was on a search for the business that I was going to run long term. Uh, right. You know, I, now I can say, oh man, like I know this about me. I know how I'm built, and and that kind of thing. And it's, but, but still at that point, you know, before that talk with him, I was like, one day I'm going to find that business and I'm going to, you know, be the CEO. And I'm just going to run that forever. <laughs> uh, I didn't one consider. Day, I, I'll, yeah. I only have to do this one thing and then everything will be hunky dory for the rest of my life. Exactly. That's actually a fallacy in all aspects of life. You know, <laughs> mm. that's how you, yay. Right. You figured that out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And it's made the journey so much more fun and uh, livable, enjoyable. Right. So what was the next deal? Um, so, no, my first question was, okay, now you've kind of like had your eyes opened to this possibility that you can buy and sell businesses as a business, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And make money doing that. So... My, I guess, is there, when you walked through that door, was there already a market place that was invisible to the, to the rest of the world and you at the time? And you were like, oh my God, people are actually doing this already. Is that, was that kind of like a, did you have that or did it not exist at all? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it was definitely, um, didn't exist. And, and so oh, there were okay. businesses for sale. Uh, and, and that kind of thing, most of them were pretty bad. And I, I realized really quickly, like there are things on the market, you know, and I would look at my deals and, you know, I'm looking at this deal, I'm like, man, you know, this is just terrible. It's overpriced. And I, I realized, okay, it's going to take some work for me to do this. Mm. Uh, you know, and most of the businesses that I had bought when I first approached the person or they heard that I was, I was looking to buy a business or whatever, they hadn't even thought about selling their businesses. And that, those are the people where you get the really great deals. You know, I call it find the deals on, on the hidden market. Mm. Okay. And so it, it started a journey and a process where I started kind of building from scratch through trial and error 
um, the this whole thing of of buying and and selling the strategies around becoming a deal maker in this space because it was a lot different. You have two extremes in the business buying market, which were a lot different from me. One is the private equity fir- firms and funds. So those guys, you know, were around, but they were doing five million dollar plus deals, paying, you know seven to 10 multiple, which was not interesting to me at all. Um, you know, I, I love being able to, you know, the whole point of me was like, I can pay something off in a couple of years. So I wanted oh, to be okay. in the, the less than, than $3 million space where that kind of thing was possible. And um, the other end of the spectrum is the small business where it's mostly people that are buying businesses that are already in that space. And so, or they're doing it because they kind of want to start a business and they just want to jump start. So it's somebody that wants a restaurant and then, you know, like, oh, I really want this restaurant. And they're making a decision based on like location and uh, things that don't matter to me at all. Like, oh, the <laughs> right. interior, the yeah. decor is really nice. And, you know, they got a really, really well built out kitchen. Like, all I care about is what's the bottom line. Right. And um, so I had to kind of create for the people that are, are uh, used to internet marketing, you know, kind of this funnel where I was getting deals in and doing the due diligence and coming up with, uh, valuations and deal structures and and all of these things uh, to get deals done. Uh, and so I started that process really right at 10 years ago to formalize this because I kind of just, you know, I talked about my first deal with Cool Wall Street. I talked about the, the other couple deals. And after that, I started to really formalize uh, a process which had to be built from scratch because, you know, in the business of buying small businesses wasn't really a thing where I could go out and, and copy somebody else doing it. Right. There was a market, but it wasn't the market that you wanted to play in necessarily. Yeah. That was yeah. a little so bit bigger than, and longer payout uh, time mm-hmm. horizon. Okay. All right. So you, so you were then focused on putting those systems, peoples and processes together. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that so I, is what you built from scratch. So you did build something from scratch. <laughs> exactly. I had to build that from scratch. Right. Okay. Uh, and, and go out and, and find these deals and, you know, build that business. And so right. my inventory for, for that business was basically other businesses. So I was in the business <laughs> of buying businesses. My next deal was a couple of Plato's Closets. Um, we grew those, sold those. Um, Plato's then, Closets? Yeah. Plato's Closets is a resale um, um, concept for teenagers, teenage retail. Okay. Clothes. Yeah. All right. Never heard of it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't, I'm not a parent, so maybe I, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, but we sold those. And, you know, one of the awesome, awesome things about all this stuff I, I had. I was really proud because we grew those businesses. Um, it was doing maybe about half a million dollars in total sales, and we grew it to about seven fifty. And I was very, very proud of that. And um, you know, just like man, there's how much of this stuff could you sell? It's like resale used clothes. Like we're selling seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in used clothes. Like I'm wow. the man. Yeah, you know, like that's cool. Actually, yeah, yeah. Who, who could do that? And, you know, it was, I started, you know, kind of getting bored of it. I didn't see much more opportunity. So we sold that business and, um, you know, got, got some great buyers in and I made a, a good return on it, kept a little bit of equity in it. And probably after about six months or a year, the guys came back and they're like, Hey, we want to, uh, buy your equity out. And I should have known like something was going on. So I was like, okay, like what? Oh, what do y'all like? Make me an offer, and it was like double what I would have accepted. <laughs> really? So, wow. It's like, yeah, if y'all want to do that, I will take it. <laughs> y'all are crazy. <laughs> so they had another and, offer on the on the plate, right? 
Well, no, no. So oh. I run into him maybe uh, a year after that. I'm like, man, how are the stores going? And, and that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, we've been growing like crazy. I was like, really? Like, what are the sales up to? It's like, uh, we're about 1.4. We'll probably may hit 1.5 next year. I'm like, what? Damn it. It's like, what? Just <laughs> totally, totally uh, Killing it. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable to me. Wow. And that was one of those other points where, you know, of course, there was the side of me. I was like, dang, I should have really got in there. But, um, you know, over the course of that time, I had done countless deals and, and all that. And this guy was in that store every day working with the employees, you know, talking to customers, like spending the time and the hustle. And, you know, when I think about that, it's like, yep, not even at 1.4, that's not worth it. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even know how to, like, work the register. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. literally, I could not check out anybody. And, and, and that's still the case for any of the Yeah, that, that, whenever I think about doing a cashier job, I get, like, a little bit of panic attack because yeah. I can't do math in my head fast enough. <laughs> now with change, I think because the computers and the cash registers, you know, they tell you how much you have to count out, but I still have a slight little panic attack. You're like, uh, 35 cents. What is that again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I had that question one time I was in an interview and the guy was like, so how, how often with your offline businesses do you find yourself stuck at the cash register? And, and I hadn't even thought about it. And I was like, Wow, like I've never learned how to use a cash register in any of my businesses. Right, right. I don't even know how to use that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, wow. Okay, so now what are you doing at PortfolioSharks.com to help other folks get into this? How does that process work? So, you know, we have kind of two things and, and Portfolio Sharks is, is a, a newer one. So we've been focusing on a lot, you know, acechapman.com. We, we focus a lot on doing uh, just helping folks go out and buy businesses. Uh, we help people do both offline deals and online deals. And there's a lot of opportunity with, with both of those. Okay. Portfolio Sharks um, is a little bit different in that we bring different people, different personalities together to buy an uh, internet business, and then we work together on it. So um, we have, I've, I've realized over time that there's a lot of power in teams. And you know, right. we do the, the testing and we, we see how different people can come to the table, like I was talking about a little while ago, you know, with, with the 18-year-old, um, like he has a, a, an additional team of guys, you know, it's, well, he's over a guy who's 50 years old and, and software engineer, another guy's like aerospace background. And, wow. and uh, you know, this 18-year-old, though, has this, some specific experience that he brings to the table. So he's leading the team with an aerospace engineer and a software developer that Two are, boomers. you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Good for them for but, sucking it up and, and doing yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Not wanting to beat beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> so on the other end of that, you know, basically you know, when when we've when I've done deals, I've seen the power of bringing people together. And uh, that's a lot of what we do with with portfolio charts, whether it's bringing people together to uh, financially uh, buy the deal, but then, you know, bringing people together that have some skill sets or some background. You know, we buy we bought a FBA business a couple months ago, and, and that stands for, for fulfilled by Amazon. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the guys that's in portfolio sharks was literally with Amazon when they first were designing the FBA program, like he was a part of that. Wow. So, so he was he's got part some of very specialized knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was a part of it when, you know, at first you could just send like, use like a big part of it. Like people were sending used lawnmowers. Like at the very beginning as they were trying to figure out what it was going to be, like literally they were taking in these used lawnmowers, just absolute nightmare as they worked through what that was. And and as they got it developed, he quickly realized, I got to get on the other side of this. And so he built a, a multi-million dollar business. On the other um, side of uh, fulfillment by Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, it is like eBay on steroids. 
It, it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. I know. It's a huge, yeah. uh, there's so many people making like a lot of money and without a whole lot of work, you know, it, there's a lot of, um, you have to do a ton of research though, I guess. Yep. Is, yeah. It's a so little bit. If you, you have to get, yeah, well, you have to find somebody that likes doing that sort of crap, that arbitrage yeah. kind of research. When I think of it, I just groan. But when I think about my wife, she loves shopping. <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally. So I know there are personality types out there that would just thoroughly dig doing that. Well, yeah. and there that's who things. you need. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's arbitrage. And actually, we do have a, a guy who is it's really impressive. So he's actually we we're just talking about uh, a deal that we're partners on. That's an FBA deal. But he has an arbitrage business out of Idaho, I think. Yeah. And it's well, it a million dollar are, really. business that's yeah. an arbitrage that is really amazing. So that's when you go out, you find the product, and you just sell it on Amazon. Right. The other side, though, is FBA. And so that's the fulfilled by Amazon. Okay. And that's when you're basically using Amazon like a drop shipper. So yeah. we've got a couple different products. We'll get, you know, one of them is from the UK. We get that shipped over. We send it to Amazon and, and they sell it. So both of those things are totally different and, and people are making millions with both of them. Really? So, okay. Yeah. So there's, there's more to FBA than I knew because I only knew the, you know, the arbitrage side. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, you can also yeah, have yeah. new, yeah. Like, so we have brands. So we have a couple of different uh, businesses that are brands that, um, you know, it's our actual brand and we, we send it to Amazon and we sell it on Amazon. Yeah. Well, they do all the hard stuff. All you have to do is mail it to them essentially. Right. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Hey, this has been a blast. Uh, we've got to get you going. So you've got another yeah. thing. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so portfolio sharks.com acechapman.com. And this has been a blast and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's great being here. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.